Well, hey there, everybody. Meteorologist Dave Turley here for another edition of the WTOC First Alert Weather Podcast. And I am joined, as always, by meteorologist Andrew Gordon. And Andrew, we are done with November. Yeah. And it's officially now December, recording this on Friday, December 2nd. And you know what that means? Best month of the year. We can officially <laughs> get into the holidays. A lot of people have yeah. the... You know, the uh, the saying you can't listen to Christmas music or watch Christmas movies until at least after Thanksgiving. Well, that's in the rearview mirror now. Yep. We are officially in the fast lane here for all that fun stuff coming up this month. Yeah, and it is so fast. You know, this is the, the busiest time, and anytime you're busy, life's moving fast, mm-hmm. making moves. So uh, I uh, can attest to that, and it's, uh, it's good, though. I just wish that we'd have a little better... Uh, Forecast in regards to some cooler air around, so not so seasonable, but we will have um, decent weather overall. Get yeah, into that here shortly. Exactly. And uh, looking at some stats, we'll get into some stats here. Typically, as you start out into December, uh, still relatively mild uh, as far mm-hmm. as you know, the high temperature is still averaging about 66 degrees this time of the year with a right, morning yeah. low generally in the mid-40s, 44, 45 degrees. Um, And by the end of the month, those averages go down to 62 and 41. So we do cool down a little bit, but uh, it really never gets too terribly cold here. I I call it more of an extended fall coming from upstate New York. It's it's our winter, but Mm -hmm. not a true winter. I like it. You know, extended fall is cool. We have um, little spurts of winter-like weather, you know, temperatures, I should say, but uh, yeah, not... Not anything that's too crazy. That usually comes, you know, in a couple months whenever you get more into the depths of winter. And that's whenever we get our cooler. January, February. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cooler temperatures of the year, probably still a couple months away. Yeah, well, we're not even into uh, officially the, winter yet. Next year. Yeah, <laughs> we got to get to the winter solstice yeah. first. Um, and, you know, another good thing about going into December is it's an end of another season. Mm-hmm. which thankfully it has come to an end. It's been a kind of an active as far as not so much the total number of storms, but the amount that really impacted the United States was uh, certainly going to be in the record books, and that's hurricane season. Yeah, and we um, actually had a near-normal season, which I just did some numbers and, and looked at all of this. Going back, uh, We it seemed like we had kind of uh, times in which we were uh, more heavily monitoring systems yes. with a potential impact, but we didn't really have anything too crazy. You know, we did our few longer shifts and um you know we had wind gusts that were i think we did two yeah we did and uh, that were stronger and and, you know with ian and nicole and and uh, some storms in between weren't quite as big of a a deal but those were our our bigger local impacts and we made it to nicole so 14 named storms that's actually average we hit 14 for 2022 the average is seven hurricanes we had eight the average number of major hurricanes is three we had two so you know, within a, a number or so, either way. And and uh, and Noah was forecasting. We were kind of on the very low end, slightly below what they were forecasting. I think they were going 14 to 20 names. Yeah, they went, they went above uh, more so if, if you're going to favor a side. Right. So they were going a little bit more aggressive with the pattern. And, you know, there's uh, so many different variables as to why I think that is. We went, this is the craziest stat here. So if you're, if you're looking for a fun fact to tell your friends at a Christmas party, First time in 25 years that we had no-name storms in August. That's crazy. Yeah. We had a, we had a, a pretty, uh, I would say, a normal start. We had storms developing in June, June, and then July. And then all of a sudden, August came, and it was quiet. I know. Well, we had a prolonged time bef- leading up to that with Saharan dust and just kind of how the pattern was, even with 
uh, where the high situated, where it would have steered things, even it were to develop. But uh, some shear out there, drier air, um, unfavorable conditions for hurricanes to develop. Fine by us. Which is great. We don't. That that's fine. Best August I've ever had here. <laughs> yeah. So I'll take it. I enjoyed that. And then yeah. September and October came around. And yeah, busier, busier times. Active. Um, September was Ian. That was a Cat 4, 150-mile-an-hour wind. Um, obviously, that was down in southern Florida. Over 100 killed. It was devastating. The videos, uh, the, the stories that came out of there. Uh, you never, you know, you, you just never know if, if that could happen in your community. And the chances are very low. And speaking uh, of ne- never knowing, that was the epitome of why we tell you to keep updated on the, on the storms. Because just like two days before that landfall, which was in central Florida, Florida, just south of Tampa, right? Was it just somewhere, south of Tampa? Somewhere in there. That was forecast to be in the Florida panhandle just two days before it, heading up to the Alabama-Georgia border, West Georgia. Yeah. And then, you know, just, just two days later, that forecast totally shifted. A total yeah. different uh, uh, perspective of people who are now involved and impacted by the system than were originally expected to be seeing yeah. impacts. And even a couple of days out too, you know, when it was shifting along that Gulf side of uh, the Florida coast, I know that uh, Anna Maria was even like in the bullseye at one point and that's north of where the landfall was and, and they didn't really get a big impact from it. But I went there earlier this year. So I'm like, Oh, at least I kind of have some context of like the lay of the land over there. And I'm like, man, I don't even like know that. what that is. What is Anna Maria? Anna Maria it? Island. Oh, it's, right. it's just, you know, a beachy town, okay. but all of them that, you know, we drove through on this trips look, kind of similar. I'm like, man, I, I can't imagine a 150 mile an hour hurricane coming through here. Nobody wants and to And then that. we saw what happened on the other side of it. So you have to think long-term here that uh, so many people make their livelihoods during the summer in these towns and, and vacation rentals and little ice cream shops and surf shops and things like that. It's like, you know, it's more than just, uh, you know, a week's worth of media coverage and you're gone. People's lives are changed forever. Yeah, and the bridges were destroyed. I think uh, that one bridge was destroyed, the Causeway Bridge. So getting onto the island. Uh, But it's amazing how they came together and fixed, at least got that temporary, was it a temporary bridge or they fixed it something? They were driving heavy equipment on it, so it didn't look too temporary. I don't know. I mean, maybe they need to get down on 16 to 95 and and get those construction crews in here or down on Broad. They can build this whole bridge here. Right, they got that. moving. But, yeah, no, you know, it's, it's always, if there's anything good that comes from natural disasters, whether it be a, a landslide, a hurricane, a volcano eruption, what have you, it's always how people will set aside their differences, come together for the common good of people right. who are struggling, because you just kind of have that sense of helplessness when you're watching it come in, and it's not like we can steer a storm away. It's like, well, what can you do afterwards? And you see people come together, whether it's making a meal or uh, just sending water down well wishes or, or being a, a listening ear for somebody. Yeah, so um, I got a little list here uh, of the storms, and we'll just kind of kind of just go back. Sure. We yeah. went into to Ian. Uh, the first one was Tropical Storm Alex, and that was uh, near the Yucatan. Actually went down through central areas of Florida. That was back in June, June 5th through June But that was 6th. also the first time in, what, six, seven years we didn't have a named storm before the start a pre, of the season. A preseason storm, right. So I was like, you know, I— I'm not going to sit here and say, like, I didn't think this was going to be a bad season. You never know. But because you don't know. But whenever you have a season start slow, everyone's like, I think we're so just, like, negatively minded these days that we're like, oh, well, it's going to catch up. Like, you know, sometimes it's okay. Like, it's a slow start, and it's going to be a normal season. Not everything has to be hyped one way or the other of crazy, above-average, 
system storms coming our way or like nothing happened. It can just, it's okay to be near normal, you know, and, and it is what it is, but that's probably why you haven't heard too much about it because there's not a lot of uh, excitement around something that's normal, but I, for one, am happy with a normal 2022 hurricane season. I certainly am as well. And uh, the next one was uh, Bonnie tropical storm, Bonnie. Uh, that was the one I think that developed right. Uh, let me see. Is that the long lived one? No, that was right along the east, the uh, into the Caribbean, I believe, and then crossed over into Central America, mm-hmm. and then became whatever Bonnie the other name into, was into the Pacific. Uh, the Pacific. Then you had Colin, yes. right? And that yes, was tropical a storm. Short lived. It was kind of by the Carolinas. Developed like right, right off our coast. We I remember going to bed. Oh, I was man. like, we have a tropical storm. I'm like, what? It was on the weekend too. Yes, because I fell asleep. I and usually the you know your morning shift catches up with you by Friday night. I was, I legitimately slept through the entire life of the storm. Yes. It was maybe what, six, seven hours. Uh, yeah. Not much. July 1st through July 2nd. So it was later in the morning. It says it forms off, off of Savannah. I think it was more off of Hilton head. Yeah. Somewhere up there. I made landfall near hunting Island, uh, a, a, as a very weak tropical storm, but it didn't really, I think it wasn't that, a true traditional looking mm, storm. Yeah. That, that didn't, to be to be quite transparent, I don't even know if some of the buoys out there pulled tropical storm gusts. It might have, but over land, I'm pretty confident in saying I don't remember there being a weather station that had a tropical storm force wind gust I, I with that. Yeah, I don't kind of had so the either. structure, the look of it, a quick intensification, and that doesn't mean it has to be a Cat three to a Cat four in, in eight hours. It just means you know from nothing to a weak tropical storm too. That's a rapid intensification, not by definition because you have the cyclogenesis and all these other things that we get into with terms that has to be a certain number of millibars dropped per 24 or 48 hours or whatever uh, what dave and i were saying is that one kind of just popped, up, not popped up and went away yeah that, uh, that was again july 1st of july 2nd then we were quiet for the rest of july all of august until september 1st when we had our next system and that would eventually go on to become hurricane danielle uh which is really basically out in the eastern uh, atlantic and then central areas of the atlantic uh no real threat to any uh, areas which was good uh, Hurricane Earl followed that back in September 3rd. So September was pretty back active. Back, yeah. uh, that was basically an Atlantic storm. I think it came close to uh, near like Puerto Rico uh, and stuff like that. Hurricane Fiona. Now that did impact uh, Dominican Republic, I believe, in Puerto Rico. Yeah, we were watching that one. Yes, yes, because that took a turn, eventually was going up and then tried to get into the Bahamas, but made that turn over towards Bermuda. And that was September 4th through September 24th tropical storm gaston basically in the central areas of the atlantic hurricane ian that was the long storm came off of africa and we already talked about that yeah. the impacts unfortunately yeah, that it had tied for the fifth strongest wind too yeah so 150 ridiculous. 100 and uh it says 155 here in that range in that range yes very very strong and, and unfortunately destructive then you had Tropical Storm Hermine, very short-lived. I think we were watching those two to see which one was going to get named first. We were, yeah. Um, it was basically the one same of, day. And we were, uh, I remember the morning meeting that day. I was like, oh, this is probably going to be this. Is this is probably going to be that. And then they flipped on me. I was like, ah. I, I said that because our producers like to write stories in the morning Ahead of time. or the evening shows. And I said, don't put it in there because we don't know which is going to be which. And I think somebody might have put it in. I was like, yeah, see, yeah, yeah. you got to change it. This one went first. This one. Well, you, know, you never want to correct uh, correct an anchor, too. You don't want anybody to look silly. But they were two storms strengthening on the threshold at the same time. Right. So. And it's, we'll have to wait and see which one mm-hmm. actually they determine 
is uh, tropical first. Right. And it was Ian, then Hermine. So uh, Hermine short-lived. Then you had a Tropical Depression in the uh, 11 in the Atlantic, no threat to anybody. Tropical Depression 12 in early October, no threat. Hurricane Julia, that was one, uh, which was October 7th, went right down across the northern coast of, of uh, South America, uh, right near like Aruba, then went into Central America. And uh, that was kind of the hot spot this year. I feel like for so long we were talking about the Yucatan and the Southwestern Caribbean Sea. Yeah, I, I think so. That, they saw a bunch. Because then followed right after that, you got Tropical Storm Carl, October 11th, getting in. Uh, well, that was a little further north into the Yucatan area. And uh, then Hurricane Lisa, which was into the, into the Caribbean, which went through Central America up towards Belize and uh, Guatemala area. That was October 31st. That was a late season Spooky one. storm. Through November 5th. And then uh, you had Hurricane Martin in the North Atlantic. That was when we had like three hurricanes, I think. Yeah, it was nothing, time. and then it was a lot, but they weren't any big, huge, impactful yeah, things. Yeah, not really impacting. It was the North Atlantic. And then you had Nicole. That was the one that came in on the mm. east coast of uh, Florida. That yeah. was the last system, uh, November 7th through November 11th. And what I remember with that storm specifically was it was coming kind of due west at the coast of uh, Florida. Uh, space coast as they call it because yep. you've got Cape space Canaveral, around there and it's not that it was that impressive wind wise but whenever it's coming at you at a, a straight trajectory it was stacking waves up and we were watching the swells come in the storm surge on that portion of florida and uh, vero beach was was rough uh, they had a lot of erosion i remember watching some live shots and some other stations down daytona there. daytona they were evacuating some of these high rises because they were like, Oh, structurally, we don't know. And you've had erosion and, and, you know, we talk about these coastal impacts with storms. Typically when we say uh, beach erosion is a possibility, that's maybe like a couple tidal cycles for us, you know, like high tide, low tide, you're going to have sand come in and come out and you might have a steeper gradient there on the beach the next time and notice that. But whenever you have three, four days of that, think of that, you have a high and a low twice a day right. on top of that, on top of that, this storm really just, I guess, a good way to describe it is it took a bite out of the coast. And unfortunately, with homes on the coast and condos and things like that, some of those did have structural damage. And a lot of that was, was aided by, um, uh, was at least, what's the one? Ian. Oh, I how? Just forgot. Ian came before and really weakened the dune system as well. They were, that's what they were saying. That's why Daytona Beach in that area saw all that catastrophic buildings going into the water because yeah. the dune system was weakened from Ian just a few weeks before, and then you had this storm with prolonged uh, impacts of mm -hmm. that uh, tide cycle and, and beach erosion, and there's it's nothing you can do about it. No, you just you watch, and you hope that uh, the dunes uh, that are nature's sandbags can kind of do their job, and just imagine if they weren't there. You know, it's, yeah. they, they did what they could. But then, you know, we got a little bit of wind and rain from that. That actually brought us more rain further inland. I remember earlier on in the season, we didn't quite get as much, but... Um, that, and that, that kind of put the, uh, the close on that chapter for us. And that wrapped up the uh, 2022 hurricane season. As you mentioned, right. we saw 14 tropical storms, eight hurricanes, and two of those being major hurricanes. And now Dave and I are uh, trying to get full-blown into uh, holiday Christmas mode. I got my Christmas time. I see that. Yes. What's on there? That's my Santa Claus. Santa Claus. I see it. Okay. Santa. Well, yeah, and we've got uh, our, our work Christmas gathering this uh, this weekend will Tomorrow. be nice. So that is, I know it's not going to necessarily feel like it, but. And a lot of people are, I don't want to say upset, but 
you got the SEC championship game the same time. We're going to have the game on. My wife is like, is the game going to be on? She's, she's a big Georgia fan, went to Georgia, was in the Red Coat Band, and, yeah, we got to watch that. Yeah, I mean, SEC championship, that's uh, one of the pinnacle games for college football, no matter if you're an SEC fan or not. So uh, number one versus number 14, I think the uh, favorite is you know Georgia for sure, but I think it's 17 and a half points. That's wild. Is it? You know, that's, that's a – Hey, if you're better, LSU is a good team, and I just you they're know. decent. And then you have these trap games like Texas A&M. They'll go in and beat a team every year they shouldn't beat. And they beat LSU, so I don't know if now you're like LSU and you're you're fighting mad and you want to prove yourself, or if you're going to come in there a little deflated. You never know. Yep. Every, that's, why you watch. that's why you play the games. Every week is going to be different, and it's watch. just going to be a good game. And hopefully Georgia comes out on top for that and continues to move on into the playoffs. Yeah, that's uh, something a Georgia fan would say. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was you're, just you're not have no LSU ties. No, I'm just I no no uh, no. We dog. could be a little biased. We're just doing a weather podcast. No, I know, we could be biased. I don't that. have. I don't like either of them. Um, it's not that I don't. You don't have a dog in the fight. Is don't what have you're a saying? Dog in the fight. Yeah, I think you can say that when Mississippi State plays Georgia because they're both bulldogs. But yeah, I don't. I don't. You know, I'm. You pay a lot of money to to a certain intuition institution. And, uh, yeah, I'm loyal to them. So but you, Oklahoma for me. Okay, yeah, so. but you could still root for Georgia mm. if you live here. I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, Dave, I want you to be happy. I want, I want Michelle to be happy. Ah. So for you guys, I wouldn't mind if they pulled it off. Plus, I mean, it's on our channel. It's always good. Yes, it when is. Georgia it's wins. on CBS 4 o'clock on If it's Saturday. a good game, people are going to keep it turned on to our channel. So, sure, go for it. Why not? I'm All just right. teasing with you guys, but yeah, any any other plans this weekend be, except for not rooting for Georgia? Not not rooting for them. Just watching the game of football. Um, no, I don't. I really don't. Um, it's been a busy week. We had the Ronald McDonald House fundraiser last night, which is a great oh um, wine and fries, wine and fries, and they did in fact have wine and fries there. Did um, you have your wine and fries? I had uh, whiskey and fries. Oh, which whiskey? Was a, and yeah, fries. it was an interesting combination. I'm more of like uh, if I have to, if I'm in the a setting to drink, I would go bourbon versus wine. Oh, so yeah, but it was good and uh, raised. A, uh, I don't know a, a dollar amount, but it seems like we've raised a lot of money and and I hope so. Did some good stuff for the for the families out that way because especially during the holiday season, it's tough. You don't want to be away from home, but it was decorated Christmassy. They had Christmas lights outside, Christmas tree inside the house, and for those that don't know, of course the Families can stay there, you for know, free. right next to a memorial. So the hospital. For free. So it was, yeah. It, yeah, for free. No cost to the families. That's why you have to fundraise so that you yes. don't have to have the families pay for that. So yeah, it's kind of like a smaller St. Jude kind of thing. Yeah. A lot of times if, if the kids are in the hospital getting treatment and stuff like that, you know, the parents, you know, could be from far away and they don't have a place to stay. It could get right. expensive trying to get a hotel. This is a way for them to stay right Mm-hmm. next to their child and be with them every day and stay for free and not have to worry about that expense. Right. And I didn't stay too late, but had that. And then uh, today running around, I actually had a fun, a fun time, went over to the Islands Library and I've been going over uh, to this couple different libraries within the system here in Chatham County. And today, Dave, I don't even know if I told you this. We, mm-hmm. you, so lately I've been taking the Storm Chaser and we'll, we'll go like, just do like a weather lesson and, and read some weather books today. The um, programs coordinator and I, got together and we came up with a little project. So we made uh, wind vanes Ooh. and they worked. Oh. I was very surprised because um, <laughs> they had the uh, social media person or the director of communications for the islands libraries, like not just the islands, but like the library. Like I was like, okay, well, Hey, side note, we haven't tried this yet. So it might not work. So what we did was um, 
got a piece of paper. Um, I showed everybody which way north was. You write a little compass on there. You got some Play-Doh. You put a, pi- a pencil in there. Mm-hmm. And then you get a straw. And you have that because that's kind of like your wind vane. Right. And then you made a little uh, triangle to point in the direction of the wind. And then you gave it a tail. And then you pinned that to the eraser on the top of the pencil. You set it on a flat surface. We went outside. Enough of a breeze today, thankfully. And they were wiggling around. So they moving around. And they pointed in the direction that the, uh, the wind was coming from. Some of them worked a little too well and started blowing away. But uh-huh. <laughs> most of them looked really good. And it was fun. It's fun to get out and... and um, you know, I, something that I didn't really realize in st- until I started doing these library vits- visits probably five months ago, six months ago, is we have so many kids that are homeschooled, you know, because yes. we're so, um, I don't we I don't know if we just get into the pattern or school districts will reach out to us like, hey, can you come here? Can we go to your station and all that? But I'm like, all right, well, what about the parents that, you know, for, for whatever reason, kids are homeschooled. It gives them an opportunity to, to yeah. kind of learn a little bit of fun. We watched a Bill Nye video on the wind. I mean, oh, Bill Nye Science. Yeah, we just had some fun. So did that, and here we are doing this podcast. You and I are pretty close to wrapping up the work week, and we are what a uh, almost three ish weeks away from uh, Christmas now. And we so. are looking forward to that. A lot of stuff going on this weekend, and uh, we hope you all have a very good weekend. Sure that will do it for Andrew and I, and this week's edition of the WTOC First Alert Weather Podcast. Mm-hmm.